Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending April 9th, 2021. I'm your host, Laura Bardwick, and today I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist, Eric Ristabin. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. So, Eric, the three stories I was hoping we could touch on this week are economic data releases, Powell's comments, and then take a look at Greenland. Um, let's go ahead and start from the top there. Key economic data releases this week. What should investors be paying attention to? Well, I think the, the broad story is the, the idea that the economy is recovering um, both here and in Europe, notably, just in terms of the data that we've seen this week, uh, is, is continuing. Um, there's a lot of positive data that's coming out. I kind of give examples. The, the European um, services sector actually is, is almost above 50 now. Uh, it's still weaker than the manufacturing. The manufacturing had a blowout number of over 62 um, which is a record uh, in terms of how quickly the manufacturing sector in Europe is, is going. Services are, are, are behind, and, and that shouldn't surprise people because, you know, you've had a lot of difficulty in the vaccine. The, you know, the, the reopening of those economies hasn't been going as smoothly as they would like. On the kind of the positive side there, though, is that you're seeing real momentum in the vaccine effort. Um, I think the recently this week, I think Germany actually hit 700,000 shots a day. Uh, which is, you know, showing incredible improvement from where they were. So I think you're beginning to see this, this reopening trade, not just being anticipated, um, but to actually being occurring. The U.S. numbers are strong, too. In fact, the services sector in the U.S. Uh, was around 60. That's the highest number we've seen there since, uh, well, for six years. So, you know, that, that I think gives you an idea that maybe vaccination efforts and reopening efforts are going a little better here than they are in Europe. But it's important for people to realize the economy is getting better. Uh, on the kind of negative side of the equation, uh, just to remind us that nothing nothing is completely done yet. We had a jobless claims number that was higher than expected of about 744,000 uh, jobless claims last week. So, you know, there's an ebbing and, and throwing and, and there's, you know, still quite a bit of um, uh, volatility within the, the economy and the markets and certainly across sectors. But generally, we got confirmation that things are getting better. Good. So a light at the end of the tunnel, but we still have a ways to go, it sounds like. We still do, yeah. On the topic of data releases, you know, obviously another important indicator is what comes out of the Fed. So can you detail some of Powell's comments? and highlight some key takeaways? Over the last month, the interest rates in the United States have, have not risen all that much. They're fairly flat over the last month. You go back to the beginning of the year, however, and they're up steeply, um, the 10-year rate, the 30-year rate. They're all up from where they were at the beginning of the year. And there's a, a lot of you know consternation and concern that perhaps inflation was going to be a huge issue. Um, and this, this, all those, that those economic numbers we just talked about would create excess demand for goods and services, and that would then beget inflation. Um, and perhaps maybe that may meant the Fed would be moving earlier in terms of tightening than was uh, initially anticipated. And now, now, Chairman Powell and all the members of the Fed have been extraordinarily consistent that they're not going to do that, right? Um, they want to see actual inflation. I think what he said yesterday that was really important for the market to hear was that he, he talked about last month's job creation number, which was just shy of a million. Um, and if you looked at the revisions, it was actually over a million uh, in terms of the positive number of jobs added. Uh, and then he said, we would like to see six straight months of a million jobs creation. Um, so what I think he was telling the, 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 the market is really good jobs numbers are not a concern of theirs. In fact, it's their objective. 
you know, people know that the Fed has an, an inflation mandate to, to control inflation. That is the most important part of their mandate. But their dual mandate, the second part of the dual mandate is full employment. And, and I think, you know, he's strongly, strongly signaling to the market that he doesn't see, they don't see inflation as an issue now and unlikely to be an issue for the next year or so. And they're going, they're going to the whip on, on, on jobs, um, uh, full employment. And then he said, and we mean by a million jobs created every month. That, that is a really a tremendous number of jobs being created. So I think the market took solace in that. And the interesting thing is today we saw a purchasing, um, uh, a price index number that was high. So, you know, maybe you would think in the kind of the context of what was happened so far this year, that people would see that higher inflation number in the purchasing prices and say, oh my God, inflation is going to be a problem and you drive up rates. 10-year rates haven't moved at all. And I think part of that is, is um, one, the market kind of has inflation expectations now that are reasonable, where at the beginning of the year, they were unreasonably low. And I think the Fed uh, Chairman Powell's comments yesterday actually helped the market realize that probably wasn't going to force the Fed to move anytime soon. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a hot topic for many weeks going forward, nonetheless. <laughs> I think it'll be the topic for the next year or so, yeah. Very probably, yes. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the U.S. so far, so let's go hop back on a global note. Uh, Greenland, in particular, a lot of world powers have an eye for Greenland, and some recent developments there uh, have made headlines. Can you talk a little bit to these and, and what's going on? Yeah, Greenland's been coming up a lot lately. Uh, the Trump administration, President Trump, was uh, asking, actually seriously asking whether we could buy Greenland, um, which, you know, may sound... Um, ambitious, but, you know, Louisiana purchase and Alaska all came to us in purchases. So it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's not radically different than what's happened in the past. But, but what, what happened this, this week is that there was an election in Greenland. Now, Greenland has been kind of moving towards independence. Technically, it's a province of Denmark um, and gets a good fair amount of aid from Denmark. You know, the, the, with the climate getting warmer, the ice is melting on Greenland, which is actually making mining a more like a more uh, reasonable effort. Um, and in particular, Greenland evidently has the second largest deposits of rare earth um, uh, it, it, uh, in the world outside of China. China dominates the rare earth supply, uh, both the, the within their domestic you know uh, borders, but also kind of globally. And, and China actually was trying, it was, was actually supporting a project to do a, ma a major rare earth mining effort in Greenland, along with an Australian company. Um, that project now has been put in jeopardy because of this election, because the, the Inuit population, the party that, which is, who lives mostly in Greenland are the people who've lived there for, for millennia. Um, they've, they've, they, they, they're very, very sensitive to climate change. Um, and the environmental impact of what might happen in a mining uh, thing. So the project's probably in, in trouble. But it, it gives you a sense of the competing powers, particularly the U.S. and China, that are competing uh, for uh, influence and, and, you know, frankly, um, strategic assets in Greenland. Um, and it just is another, you know, kind of reminder that, Although the maybe the style difference between the Biden and Trump's administration as it relates to China will be different, the substance of the policy is not that different, and it's not likely to be that different. 
Um, you know, if you talk to political strategists who really study Washington, like the one area of, of bipartisan kind of uh, agreement is China. Um, so, you know, I think that is a reminder of that tension still exists. It's not going to go away because of a new administration. It's going to last for a very long time, likely. And it, it still remains and will continue to remain kind of the geo, one of the major geopolitical risks to the market, um, that exists out there. And, and that's just something we're going to have to live with. But it was just another reminder this, this, this week. And I'm sure there'll be more. Oh, yes, I'm sure there will be plenty more and we will continue to provide those updates in these Market Weekend reviews. But for today, that's all the time we have. Eric, thank you for joining us and thank you all for joining us as well. We hope you have a great week until we see you next time.